0: To another episode of Panthers on Politics, the podcast where we discuss relevant political news, information, and resources. Today's episode is all about the politics of food and agriculture, food insecurity, and how that impacts our communities. Our special guests for today are Dr. Shiree and Professor Corey Flynn, both from the University of Pittsburgh. Thank you guys so much for being here today. We'll start by having each guest introduce yourself a little. So what do you teach slash research and a little bit of your background? and maybe why you're passionate on these
1: issues. Uh, So my name is Corey Flynn. I teach Introduction to Sustainable Food Systems. I'm getting my Doctor of Education in Health and Physical Activity right now at the University of Pittsburgh. And I'm currently also researching food insecurity among college students. The reason I chose this subject to research is because I grew up in a town in Northern California in farm country. My family farmed. I grew up eating local, organic, healthy foods. And when I moved to Pittsburgh, I was a little bit shocked at how high the food insecurity rate was. I was especially shocked that students were food insecure. The national average for food insecurity is around 10% but the food insecurity rate for Pittsburgh is 12.5%. And when a survey was conducted in 2021 at the University of Pittsburgh, Oakland campus, the food insecurity rate was 18%. I just think this is a huge injustice in that students and all people deserve healthy food. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's
0: quite an issue to be passionate about. Dr. Shari, what about you?
2: My name is Patrick Shari. I teach in the environmental studies program at the University of Pittsburgh's Department of Geology and Environmental Science. And then I also conduct research at Pitt, not only on um, water quality issues and stream restoration practices in local, local environment, but also work on environmental policy issues pertaining to endangered species and pertaining to the Clean Water Act. I have a, a lot of uh, different interests in, in aspects of the environment. And then at the university, I teach environmental justice, current issues in sustainability, and environmental law and policy as courses. And then I also teach a couple of years ago, started a, a one-week course uh, on uh, urban ecology and sustainable food systems to welcome incoming first-year students to the University of Pittsburgh as part of the Provost Academy. That's been a fun course to teach. We get to introduce students, especially those not from Pittsburgh, to what the surrounding community and neighborhoods are like, and talk about some of the challenges and opportunities we face surrounding food in the Pittsburgh area.
1: And I'd like to add Dr. Shiree speaks to my class and this semester We he held a walking lecture on the ecosystems at the University of Pittsburgh and we got to see the pawpaw forest that he planted for the Provost Academy. So if you haven't taken one of his courses, please take one of his courses.
2: That's kind of you, Corey, thanks. It's a fun fun opportunity to engage with the students. Corey's class is a semester long version of the short snippet that I give the students. So Corey is able to go in depth with some of the issues surrounding Pittsburgh. We're only able to give the students incoming first years a short snippet of of food and introduce them to the student organizations like the Pit Plant the Plate Club on on campus.
3: That's really great. Thank you both for being here. So we'll start diving into the questions and we wanted to start kind of talking on the federal level and then working our way down. So could you tell us how does the federal government influence large farming and agriculture?
1: It's a huge, huge influence. The 2018 Farm Bill was $428 billion and the expectation for the 2023 Farm Bill is 1.5 trillion, so it'll be the first trillion-dollar bill to go through. It influences our food on all levels, really, from uh, subsidies, financial assistance, research, regulations, and especially my favorite initiative, SNAP, and the National Lunch program. SNAP accounts for 76% of the current farm bill, and it's projected to be 84% of the 2023 farm bill. If you don't mind me asking, just to clarify, what is the farm bill?
0: Well,
2: the farm bill is just a a huge piece of uh, legislation that gets reauthorized every five years. It includes mandatory uh, spending and also discretionary spending passed by Congress every five years. And so one of the one of the challenges with the Farm Bill and and going back and re envisioning it is people have get become accustomed to programs and to funding that went to farmers starting during the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl of the 1930s. And so one of the challenges moving forward, and especially as we pay more attention to food and agriculture and growing food in urban areas, is thinking about where the proportions of the farm bill go and who the farm bill is supporting. And when you look at the numbers, there are a lot of people that would be independent and small family-owned farms that are not getting a large portion of the farm bill, and and this is a concern uh, for people across the political spectrum. Challenges and and how to solve that, and also and also come to agreement with states that represent the agriculture industry, where industry is a big business. And so, I'm not an expert on these on these issues, but I'm aware enough to to pay attention as a as an informed. Citizen.
3: Transitioning then a little bit, and I know this is, it's a broad question, but just sort of in a nutshell, what makes sustainable food systems so important, and especially considering things like our environment, personal well-being, local economies, and community?
1: A sustainable food system is extremely important. Um, as someone who is passionate about food insecurity, You can't have sustainability if one person is hungry. Um, And going off of what Dr. Shiree said with the farm bill, uh, subsidies, large subsidies, go to corn, sugar, and cotton, and other commodities. If we were to put those subsidies into foods that provide high nutrition and feeding more people, we could reduce our rate of food-caused illnesses. The number one cause of death in the United States is a food Caused illness, you. So, if we were to concentrate more on having a sustainable food system where the environment is taken into account, people's well being is taken into account, it would be much better for all of us.
2: Yeah, that what Corey pointed out is is one of the main complaints about the farm bill is it go going to crops that make us unhealthy or crops that go to feed livestock, and and they're not subsidies aren't going to growing green peppers or cucumbers. <laughs> Generally, they're going to. Those crops that that are not directly feeding people. And I think that's one of the challenges is is you have an industry that is accustomed to these subsidies surrounding corn and soybean and other crops that are not directly going to feed people. and it's it's not there's not an easy fix for it, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: thank you. Something that I am very curious about is just what are some of your like individual top priority things that you would like to see changes on maybe in the next decade or so. And this can be like even on campus or in the Pittsburgh area or nationally, just whatever is really frustrating you or you're spending a lot of your time thinking on right now.
1: Well, what Dr. Shirey mentioned about foods that are being grown that aren't for people, I would really love to see national at the national level, the farm bill, that we um, subsidize a diet that doesn't make people sick so subsidizing foods that doesn't hurt the v- environment so making people healthy and helping the environment putting money towards regenerative agriculture growing yeah. food that's healthy locally just really want people to get food Like i'm on the united way food access committee and i met with two people today who are working so hard to feed their communities uh, one is in the West End and one is in the North side, and these people give everything they have just to provide meals for families, uh, homeless single mothers with children that just it shouldn't that shouldn't exist and um, so locally that's something for the University of Pittsburgh. I would really like to see acknowledgement for students who are experiencing food insecurity. I'd like to see it as a priority. I'd like to see more research around it and more activity to feed our students a healthy diet. All right. What about you, Dr. Shirey? Anything really turning your gears? Yeah.
2: Yes. I And I think just echoing what Professor Flynn and I have heard from members of the community, and that is needing access, people need access to land in order to grow food. That is something that gets continuously gets brought up that People want to be able to grow fresh food. They want to be able to grow fresh fruits and vegetables. And one of the challenges is often access to land. And one of the community leaders recently said that through the Pittsburgh Adopt-A-Lot program, one of the challenges they face is they adopt lots that are vacant under the city, and then they improve the lots. And then those lots are all of a sudden desirable for development because they've invested money and sweat equity in improving their community. And then somebody comes in and says, we want to build market rate housing on this lot and and so there's a disconnect there between the needs of our community members and the and the challenges that the the city has in, in in wanting to develop a tax base for supporting other services so providing access to land we need to find a better way to do that for for members of the Pittsburgh community
1: and I want to piggyback on what Dr. Shirey said when he said access to land Also support and funding once the person has the land. These people are putting everything into it. They're growing food and feeding their community. As Josie knows in my class, we spent an hour at Kent Bay's Peace and Friendship Farm, and he had just fed 200 people from the food he was growing at his urban farm. Uh, And there are hundreds of examples of that in Pittsburgh. The access to land, support, for them when they have the land and then let them keep the land because it is beautiful and every community deserves an urban farm where healthy food is grown. I did have some statistics from in 1945, Americans grew 40% of the food that they consumed. And today in 2023, we grow less than 2%. And, um, but we have these beautiful communities in Pittsburgh that are trying to grow their own food and support their their families and their community, and we need to keep supporting them.
3: That's very true. And considering these issues and challenges that you both have mentioned, how can people get involved here in Pittsburgh? And especially considering students, is it stuff like planting your own garden or is it calling representatives? What kind of things would you recommend?
1: Yeah, That's a really good question. Are you students are so busy. I don't know how you guys do everything that you do. But join Plant to Plate, join Food Recovery Heroes, join Pit Pantry, volunteer at all of those organizations, those food-based organizations. There's the Lawn Street Garden and CHS Food Pantry that's not that far away. Volunteer at the local urban farms that are very close to campus and show your support to those community leaders who are making a difference. Call your state legislators, let them know what you want. You are the future. This planet is needs to be here for you. <laughs> So letting them know how important it is that there be healthy, sustainable
2: food. And when the Farm Bill comes up for reauthorization, read and learn. There are a lot of podcasts as well on the challenges of the Farm Bill. The more you know about it, then the more you have the ability to engage with your elected representative in Congress and tell them what you want to see in the new Farm Bill and the next Farm Bill, because that those things are important. Engaging is important because you know they will hear from the industry representatives and the special interest groups on what they want to see in the Farm Bill. They don't always hear from their constituents. I echo what Professor Flynn said about getting involved in the student groups on campus, and, and we need to continue push for change on campus. We grow species on campus that are listed as invasive species in Pennsylvania. One of the things we would like to see done is, is re-envisioning how we grow plants in our urban environments, in our public spaces? How can we create spaces that can be dual utilized, not only just for aesthetic, eye-pleasing landscaping, but also that produce food that benefit the campus community, and the surrounding neighborhoods as well.
1: And just to what Dr. Shiree said, it made me think of something. The University of Pittsburgh-Oakland is in such a unique position. We're not a land-grant university. We're a research university in an urban environment. We're very, very unique. And we have the amazing opportunity to just really show off what we're able to do. We have the experts. We have everyone in one location where we can just have a very unique urban food systems ecosystem as a model for the future. Perfect. Thank you so much
0: for our last question, I guess. And we know... Professor Flynn, you are particularly passionate about this, but what are some resources that are available for students who are
1: struggling with food insecurity? Some resources. So definitely I would highly recommend if a student is uh, experiencing food insecurity, go to the Student Health Services Dietitian, Meg Meyer-Costa. She's absolutely phenomenal and she will help connect you with resources. Lindsay Wilson is the dietitian for Pitt Eats absolutely phenomenal, will help students to get resources. The Pit Pantry is one of my favorite places on campus. Volunteer, get involved, go and get food whenever you need it. Contact them if the hours and times don't work for you. The Plant to Plate Board is phenomenal. They will help with anything that you need and then also Food Recovery Heroes. I hope I didn't miss anyone. I'm sorry if I did, but all of those groups are amazing. Also, Just Harvest will help students sign up for SNAP benefits and they're really very kind and very helpful. So don't feel embarrassed. Don't worry about if anyone's gonna look down on you, they're not, you deserve food just like everyone else.
3: Great, well, thank you so much to both of you for being here and sharing your knowledge on this topic. That's all we have for today. And thank you so much to our listeners as well for tuning in. Remember to plan for the upcoming election on November 7th. And you can listen to our previous episode if you have questions about that. And we'll see you in the next episode.